0: Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. Make sure you download the app, use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Delmendo, with you on the final live show of the week for us. Uh, Brendan of cor- and Corey, of course, have one coming up for you on Friday as well. Uh, we're not sure if Ryan Herrera is going to be able to join us. We hope he is. So we got him on standby. Because we're not sure when the Cubs clubhouse is going to open up. Right now, we think the Cubs clubhouse is going to open up in the afternoon for Ryan to get his interviews, so he's waiting to do that. Uh, If he gets in there, get some interviews, he's going to jump on live, tell us what's happening inside the Cubs clubhouse at Sloan Park. So we look forward to that. A lot of moving pieces today. Just bear with us. This is what you call winging it. Yeah. Uh, And also make sure you're subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, I was going through all of our videos and shorts and shows that are on there. And the best way to not miss anything is just be subscribed.
1: Yeah. I mean, why, you know? why wouldn't you be? And when point? you're on there, five stars. Five stars. Uh, well, oh, thumbs up. Thumbs up on YouTube. Five stars on Spotify, get Apple Podcasts. Yeah. You know, leave us a nice review if it's on Apple, if you're on Spotify. What about sure five thumbs a nice... up?
0: Is that, a, is that something somewhere? Uh, Should be. If you have
1: five different YouTube accounts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, a lot of good stuff. We uh, put up the video uh, of uh, Dan Plesac talking about Danji
0: Swanson. Yeah. The
1: other day, loves him. Uh, yeah, loves him. Had me all f- hyped and fired up for this season. So he had you
0: all lathered up. Yeah, he definitely lathered. When he me said he like, was one of his favorite players in baseball right now, you were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So you got that, again. and then. Yeah, definitely ready to be heard
1: again. I, I, if if no one has realized that I'm definitely ready to be heard again, then you haven't been here that long. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of, of that. Like we've taken clips from other shows, put them back up on YouTube in separate form, and yeah, it's just like big moments from certain shows. Uh, so just in case you missed them all and you don't have time to watch all the full shows or listen to all the full shows, we I, are putting out a lot of content. So and I understand that.
0: I saw you on Instagram or Twitter today making an omelet. Oh, did you? And I got, I got hungry, I thought. I saw thought. that, oh, too, uh, yesterday, <laughs> I, think I think it, it was. Yeah. yeah, and you put the um, little sausage in, in it. On
1: Instagram, I, uh, <laughs> the last two days I've been doing uh, these uh, day in my life, so, and I,
0: I had to show the people this omelet I make. It, I'm not going to lie. First of all, I didn't have Cody pegged as a guy who could make a good-looking omelet. Mm. However, I've tried to make an omelet many times, and the flip for me is almost impossible. But you yeah. had to flip down. It was that crescent top and the square bottom. Yeah. It was it was a good looking omelet. Now <laughs> I I couldn't make omelets, so I switched to scrambles. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I do the same thing you did. I, I take the spinach and the onions and all those things that you like. I'm usually a spinach onion and sometimes a little uh, uh, either sweet potato or uh, what's the other thing? Uh, Squash, mm. butternut squash, and I'll put that in there, and then I'll grill up a little chicken also, and then I'll scramble my egg whites on the side, and then scramble them all together because I, the folding part. See another thing I have trouble with another that. Another
1: thing I like to do is you can take the egg whites, put them in a bowl with all the stuff already like cooked, like I showed right, in that video, what, yeah, and then put them in the microwave, and it's a little bit more fluffier. You know what I mean? Oh, Okay, all right. Yeah, shout right. out to V uh, Shred. It's like this uh, workout program I did. And they came out. They gave you ideas for, um, you know, healthier. How, how foods. to do it? Yeah. Well, all I can say one is, of them.
0: Where else are you gonna get Cubs vibes and instructions on how to make an egg white omelet? <laughs> that that's what this podcast for. Michael Colada has been unblocked. He has been released. Welcome back into the public, and back into the podcast <laughs> again. Apologies for the accidental block yesterday. We did not. That was not meant to happen. Joey and had a little... Jo- of all people, it was Joey. I couldn't believe it. He's back for one day, and he's blocking our guy, and, the godfather, uh, the Michael godfather. Yep. So on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Chris Morel. We're going to talk about Caleb Killian. I told you Ryan might have the latest coming from the clubhouse live during the show while it's happening. Yesterday, during the podcast live, right here on YouTube, we had Max Bain jumping in. Yes. So literally anything could happen. Um, and we're also going to talk about our friend michael cerami tweeted something a couple days ago like, i don't usually feel the need to respond to twitter things
1: that's smart because i can't do that you can't help yourself i can't help myself
0: i i almost never have a need to respond I, to something but he put out just a, a hypothetical mm-hmm. and i wanted to respond to it so i did and we're going to play that same game here mm-hmm. uh, and somewhere on the podcast also related
1: to like my inability to not reply to things, I have done better at ignoring um, the bad vibe tweets. The negativity. I've done, I've done a good, I th- I feel like for the most part, I've done a pretty good job com- comparatively to the past. Right. So that was like one of my goals for 2023 was to stop replying to
0: to idiots on the internet. There you go. You know so if I reply to you, I don't think you're an idiot. You know who's probably <laughs> doing that today? Tim Anderson. Oh, boy. Ooh. One Chuck Garfine interview, and he's opened a whole can of worms. Anytime you say the fans weren't pulling on the same uh, string, and, and there's any sort of, like, do I think it's blown out of proportion? Yes. Yes. Uh,
1: well, even Chuck Garfine said it was blown out of just proportion. Just
0: do not, proportion. Just do not mention the fans yeah. having anything Negative attached to it. It's not a isn't,
1: good. Uh, you want to talk about vibes? There are n- there aren't a lot of good vibes. Well, they're White vibes, camp, they're right? not good
0: ones. Well, that's what I'm saying? Like there yeah. aren't
1: there aren't good vibes at and White nightmare Sox vibes uh, over there. Training. There weren't good vibes in White Sox offseason. Like that's <laughs> uh, that one. Uh, I th- I feel like it, as a city right now, you have to feel a lot better. If you're a Cubs fan, you have to feel a lot better than you than the White Sox. I mean, I I you know the White Sox have. I still think they have higher expectations because I think their team is all about staying healthy, but. You know, who knows? I, I I feel I'm feeling pretty good about our squad in terms of just at least the vibes. And
0: we'll see if the performance comes with it. Uh, Garrett's asking in the chat if we're doing who you got for a Cactus League game on Saturday. <laughs> I don't you know, so we did su- we? <laughs> uh, we did suggest the possibility uh-huh. of trying to iron out our who you got problems in the spring. I just don't know if I feel up to it this weekend. Uh, that seems awfully early. Yeah. Seems you gotta early. we
1: gotta get prepped for who you got, especially with how, Stucky is in his ways when it comes to it. It's got well. To,
0: now wait a minute. Technically, I'm supposed to be the commissioner. That's what I was asked we, to be. You are no, no, no.
1: It wasn't asked. You just kind of decided it because you you lost or whatever last last lose. year I for the because of the Esteban curos game where you where you demanded like five points when that was never in agreed d- upon. five
0: points. I earned three points. The people three spoke.
1: The people spoke. Uh, whatever. That's,
0: that's the problem <laughs> with that's the problem with Cactus League game. Who you got coming up? Yeah. Is you don't even have names. You have to be like, I'll take number ninety eight. <laughs> you know, because we the have, game starts going, they don't even you don't even know who's playing. We half have to the time. we have to prep ourselves for opening
1: day because who you got on opening day is going to be something on the C.H.O. Cubs pregame. You're not going to want to miss it. And uh, it's, you know we we've prepped all off season and we have to continue to prep.
0: Do you see this shot from across the pond? Sounds Ra- like Stucky Rachel is from <laughs> England saying, sounds like Stucky is scared. Big eyes, big eyes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shot from across the pond. Mm. Again, once ah, again, though, in. it just ah. shows how we're the most international show in all city. We are the most international show. Uh, all city
1: sports. All city. We're most worldwide, sport. baby. Sorry, PHNX. Sorry, DMVR. Most, most international. Other
0: teams, other people travel around the world, but we are international.
1: National, absolutely.
0: Um, all right, let's let's get started. First, we talked about the side. You know, I just mentioned the bad vibes on the south side. How about the good vibes on the Cubs side today? Yeah, you want to talk about a vibe? Dexter Fowler rolls out at Sloan Park, mm-hmm. and he sees his good buddy David Ross. I wish we could put this in some sort of slow mo, like Titanic. Yeah, you know, like coming together that that they hug it out. Two former teammates, obviously, Mm -hmm. Ross and Fowler. And we know that Dex is going to be doing some work for Marquis this season. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how much. Right. But when they made that announcement, one of the things we said about him was, A, in 2016, him coming back was like that springboard. That was was the vibe to the start of the season. That was Mm -hmm. the positivity that was going. So maybe David Ross noticed that and thought, you know what? One way to get this team going Mm. A little visit from my buddy Dexter Fowler. Yeah. I mean, look at that embrace if you're watching on YouTube. There's
1: only there's only a handful of people in everyone's life that they will go up and hug
0: like this. Right? Right. I I don't know <laughs> how many people have hugged me like that that haven't been family members, okay? Okay. Yeah. I feel well, like... Michael that, Barrett's the only athlete I can think of that has ever hugged me like that, and that's because I got him a free Cracker <laughs> Barrel for life. If I had to name
1: one person that I've hugged like that recently, it's Big Dave.
0: <laughs> well, Big Dave <laughs> will Z hug struggles. everybody like that. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> he likes to bring it in for a bear yeah, hug. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that, that's like your closest friends or family type hug, man.
0: Oh, I that was lie. almost a Sopranos hug, right? That was mm. the, the
1: heavy pat on the back, the boom, yeah. boom, boom. But that the bringing in of the, you know, the hand with like the, you know, the, whatever you want to call that, and then the embrace, like, that's a different type of hug. I've never hugged you like that. No,
0: no. Well, I don't let people get close. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, and then he was, Mm -hmm. there were uh, pictures. I think Ryan tweeted out one. He's on the field, he's talking to different guys, he's talking to different players. I saw Cody Bellinger was talking to him Mm -hmm. at one point, which is, cool to see because they're center field. You can tell him, he's played center field at Wrigley Field before. But just advice about the organization, about yeah. what to expect, uh, how cold it's going to be, all of that stuff. Um, I like the idea of former players being in camp. I, I have always thought that was a nice thing to have, yeah. whether it's Ryan Sandberg and Rick Sutcliffe and those guys uh, being at camp, helping out early on. Cliff Floyd. Obviously, he's with Marquis, too. Yeah. So. so, but, I mean, guys that just played, certainly you can learn something from a Hall of Famer when he, when he comes <laughs> into camp. But guys that were just there, I think there's – I think the players appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the yeah. fans do, but I think the players do appreciate hearing from a guy that was just there and they were – and they most – for young guys like this, they watched. Yeah. You know?
1: I think this one's a little bit different, considering uh, we're it's it's someone from 2016, uh, right? I think for at least a lot of the younger generation, and me, that's something me and Corey have always pointed out is how the Cubs are all about like highlighting all the Hall of Famers and stuff like that, which right. is great. But bring back Derek Lee or Aramis Ramirez a little bit more, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. But in this instance, you know, this is from the the team that won it all, the team that broke the curse, and to see. Fowler camp is always, I think, it's I, moving forward, I don't think it's ever going to get old. It's awesome to see that he's there. And I know it's mainly because of Marquis, but just uh, to see him there is
0: exciting. So yeah, I'm I mean, with you, the, the only thing they missed on that quick video of the hug was the hashtag vibe, vibe with us, us because that's exactly what that was. And when we talk about it, that's what we mean right there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Christopher Moreau So we have Ryan Herrera got some sound yesterday with – Morrell through a translator, but also with David Ross talking about Christopher Morrell. And, you know, every single day on this podcast, we have somebody that bounces up as an X factor, whether it's Cody Bellinger mm-hmm. or Brendan Davis or Seah Suzuki having a breakout season, or could Jameson Tyone be that guy? Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Christopher Morel is one of those guys. So, this first of all is what David Ross had to say yesterday about Christopher Morel, and we'll we'll try to read between the lines if that's um, fair to do.
1: Okay. Morel was a guy last year who bounced around the field a lot. What does the future sort of look like for him with additions of veterans like Bellinger
0: and Dansby and Rios? Yeah, there's just. Definitely more set positions now, and I think uh, Christopher's got a bright future ahead of him. We'll see where, you know, this spring training takes him. We've got some more established players. Um, I think he can bounce around the outfield for us, be a fourth outfielder, could be a, uh, you know, utility player. He can play pretty much any infield position, probably besides first. We haven't put him at. Um, But there's also still a lot of growth potential there for him. So we'll see how everything shakes out for spring and health. But uh, I think Christopher put himself on the map last year with, um, you know, some really good um, swings, you know, a couple months there. He was, he was swing the bat really well and had some adversity in there too. So he's still, for me, a very much uh, bright future ahead. So Gary comments on it, basically saying Ross is saying he will start in AAA. Now that is not what he said. Um, I just, I can't quite figure out if there's something there or if that's just manager speak for, yeah, we're excited about him. He's going to have a bright future, you know. Mm. Um, they bring in Rios as well, and we, I think we talked about that briefly on Monday. What does that mean for the picture at third base? I just, I asked Ryan if I was hearing just a snippet of it instead of the whole conversation. Am I missing something here? He didn't really mention, like, yeah, he's going to be in a battle for that third base job. That never came out of David Ross's mouth. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Mm. Or does that mean we should pay attention to the words he did say and that he kept talking about him as utility player, he can play a lot in the outfield, he's got a bright future, he he even mentioned the adversity that he faced. Do you think he's really going to get a shot to be the full-time third baseman, like the, an everyday third baseman for the most part? Do you think Morello play more third base than anybody else on the roster this season?
1: That's what I hope. I think the Cubs are a playoff team if he does and keeps the job because that means that he is adjusted from last year. Yeah. Um. I think the decision on him going to Iowa or not will be based off his play in the spring. I, th- I mean, I don't think it's a good idea to send him to Iowa just because, like, he can play all over the field. But if he's, have, if he's still showing problems with striking out too much, I guess I'd understand. But I don't know. I don't, I don't see I, – I would rather send Masergal to, to Iowa than, than Morrell. If it came down to the two, I would agree with you yeah. and I, I would rather send <clears throat> you know and talk about guys at third base, I'd rather I'd rather send I'd even rather send McKinstry to Iowa than
0: than morell. I would probably agree with you there too. Now again, those guys could have huge springs too right and do the opposite to Christopher Morrell. Just based on what I've seen, yeah, I like the upside for Christopher Morell, a guy that I had no – I personally did not have on my radar going into last season. I know Again, the it, prospect guys at least knew his name, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like he was a number one or number two prospect in the system. He wasn't a top 100 prospect. He wasn't a top 150 prospect. Um, but he came up and did a, a really nice job last year. Yeah. Um,
1: Brendan – our friend, Pitch Doctor, he uh, sent a tweet earlier today, quote-tweeted a guy who writes for MLB.com, wrote a story about Christopher Morrell, and he puts a quote in his tweet saying, from Morrell saying, I focused on understanding home plate. I'm going to try and be as consistent as possible, working to, to command the plate when I'm at bat. And that's based off his how he prioritized his plate discipline before he got called up with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And you saw at the beginning of his Cubs tenure about how he was able to lay off bad pitches. And you saw how the league adjusted, and he became more prone to strikeouts. And you saw in the minors, if you look at his numbers, there were there were points of, points of his career in the minors where, yeah, he struck out a lot, but then he found a way to adjust and cut down on them while also being a productive player. So, again, I do think that it starts with how he plays in the spring, a little bit. Maybe not necessarily all the way, but... I, if he's struggling, and in and in a way that doesn't look like he's adjusted, then yeah, I, I would support sending him to Iowa. But I'm not sending him to Iowa just because you can send him to Iowa. The having the option to send him to Iowa is good because you're not going to have
0: you, you won't have to DFA him right for sure. But like Gary is saying, like Gary points out that McKinstry doesn't have options. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think you want to make that decision just based on are you afraid to lose McKinstry? Right. If Morrell is ready, right. I didn't realize that McKinstry was McKinstry was out of options. I'm just I was just stating that I would rather lose McKinstry than move Morel down. I, I, no, to, no, no, no. Down I'd rather. AAA. I'll say this. I'd rather mm. lose McKinstry altogether, which is what would happen mm. probably. Mm. I'd rather lose McKinstry altogether if Morel shows me mm. that he can play, even if it's right. just all. Even if it's just the um Ben Zobrist if you will utility role all over mm. the field if he's getting enough playing time and he's like you said fixed the issues that he had when he faced adversity last year if he's been able to fix that in the offseason and he performs well at spring training I'd rather give him the option I'd rather give him the opportunity to prove that he can do it early in the season and lose McKinstry than I would to just say well you had a great spring it looks like you solved everything but instead of giving you that opportunity we're going to send you to Iowa and let you prove it there for a while. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The only reason I want him in Iowa is if he's not playing well in the spring or you don't think he's going to be able to do it, mm-hmm. and you clearly believe that he <clears throat> needs consistent playing time to work on playing time against equal-level players Yeah, to prove I, and prove what he can do. I
1: do think that wisdom will probably be the opening day third baseman. But, again, that doesn't mean that I think that they should send Morrell down. I I think that they can split time. And, again, with his ability to play all over the
0: field, then, you know, like – If he plays four days a week in different roles, that's probably enough at-bats for me to see what he's doing. I don't – I'm not saying I need to see him play in six games a week. yeah. I'd like to see him start and, and get multiple at-bats in two or three games a week if he's going to be out. I
1: just don't know, like, a lot of – some people in the chat are saying, you know, he needs more seasoning. Well, it's like, okay, well, he had plenty of at-bats at, <laughs> with the Cubs last year. What are the at-bats in Iowa going to do unless, unless his confidence is shot and he has not shown that his confidence is shot? Again, like, it makes more sense for Madrile because he, he's just not as versatile as Morrell him to go down so you know again I I'm not I'm not even saying that I'm against sending Morrell down to start the year I just don't necessarily understand it from a pure baseball perspective because when you have a guy of his talent that has the power that has the, the ability to play mm-hmm. all over the field it's not like the Cubs are growing those guys on trees
0: <laughs> no you know they're what not. I
1: mean like and I understand they have guys that positions that will play every day. Like obviously Horner and Swanson are going to play second and short. Bellinger is going to play a lot of center field. He's going to be the first in center field every single day. Uh, and then Happ and Suzuki are in, in right and left every single day. And then after that, it's kind of like a toss up. Like based off matchups, you know, is this catcher good with this pitcher, whatever? And obviously Morel doesn't. The only position Morel plays out of the rest of those positions is third base. So yeah, you're more likely going to see him there it would be different if the Cubs just had like a everyday lockdown third baseman and they just don't like, I think wisdom can be a very valuable player if he's not playing every day, but still getting consistent at bats somehow, some way based off matchups. Um, and it it kind of goes the same way for me when it comes to Morel as well. So, but I, again, though, I'm not against sitting him down. It's more of just like, I don't understand why you would whenever it's not like his confidence is shot. It's not like I was going to really do him any better. And I, I it would be different if he had made his debut and struggled the entire time. Yeah, he struggled at the end of last year, but you telling me that he didn't do anything in the offseason to get better? I mean, we've already heard quotes saying that he that he's been working on this and this and that. I think he I think he's earned the opportunity to
0: to see if that worked or not. That's that's the key. If if he if he can get enough at bats, then I want him on the ma- at the major league level. If it indeed is Rios and Wisdom in some sort of platoon at third base, then those at bats might be hard to find. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, he's he's not gonna be they're they're not gonna take Hap or Bellinger or Seiya out of the outfield early in the season that much. There, there just aren't gonna be that many opportunities. I'm not saying those guys won't get a little mm-hmm. break now and then, but just I don't think there'd be enough at bats for him to stay up. Now at the same time, I watched MLB Network and former Cub Carlos Peña was asked, along Cubs with legend. yeah, along with Ron Darling. And of course, Peña does some work at Marquee too. Mm-hmm. Which Cubs player can make the big leap this year, or will make the big leap this year? And Darling, Darling's response was Nico Horner. He said he's already made the leap. He thinks he's going to take an even bigger one. Okay, well we all agree with that. We we. We saw Nico take that jump. But Pena quickly gave the answer of Christopher Morrell. Now, there aren't – if it was just a national guy saying Christopher Morrell without investigating the roster and looking at it, I would say uh, it's a national guy who's just throwing out a name that he sees played a little last year and might make the roster this year. But Carlos Pena saw a lot of Cubs games last year. Did pre and post game for a lot of Cubs games last year, and he saw even some of the struggles. Mm-hmm. But he believes, his eye as a former player, he believes that he can make a huge leap and become a legitimate everyday player. Yeah. The question is, will it be at third base? Right. You know, yep. is he gonna is he gonna play well enough this spring <clears throat> for the Cubs to say, you know what, we got to shove wisdom and Rios aside, we got to put him at third base. Because I sort of think that might be the only way he gets enough at bats to stay at the major league level. Yeah. And then when does and and if it doesn't happen this season, what does he have to do at Iowa, other than go down there and rake to be like to get to that point where they say, well, Rios and Wisdom, the platoon's working well, but look what Morell's doing. We got to get him up here. Right. Some people in the chat they're they're using Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber.
1: They're using their, you know, their experience on, on to why, why couldn't that help Morrell. I mean, with Ian Hap, he went down there, came back, and then, you know, it's not like he was – like, it's not like he was fixed. You know, He went down in 2018, the beginning of the year, and then, honestly, we can all sit here and agree that he was down there for way too long, came back up uh, – or no, it was 2019, whatever. Came back up, was great for a couple months – then was the best hitter for the Cubs in 2020 for those 60 games and then last year in the first half was awful then had a hot second half me and you considered or thought about (laughs) should he even be on the team going into last year right and then he had an all-star season so I mean that's just baseball in a lot of ways where some guys take forever to one be consistent two like you know become to hit the peak that they're supposed to be. I understand he's young. What he's twenty three, going to be twenty four this year. Um, I get that, but I'm all, I'm also like not all players are the same. You know what I mean? Like I don't like what he's twenty three. I don't think it's going to necessarily take Christopher Morrell four or five years for him to hit the peak of his career. And I'm not saying that he's going to be an all star like Ian Hap. I'm just saying that I think he brings up brings enough value for more than just a hitter for the Cubs to be able to use him. And that's why, to me, I, I don't necessarily think that he has to go down. And, and I don't really necessarily think that th- those are good comparisons for Morrell as for Schwarber and as for Hat, Because the only reason Schwarber went down was because he really was bad. I mean, he hit, like, 200 for the first half in 2017 coming off the ACL injury. They sent him down. He comes back and, honestly, didn't get any better and then lost weight and got better in 2018. <laughs> I mean, that that's what happened. Uh, so, I – I don't know, I and those guys—they're—they're they're a lot different too. They were projected different players. They're both first-round picks. Morrell's a guy that you just didn't know about, right? And so, admittedly, I didn't have—I think our expectations for Morrell have to be a little limited. At the same time, as excited as I am, but if he does take a step into this, uh, take a step from last year forward with the Cubs, I think that that could—that does lead to more wins. So. Yeah, I don't know about their situation at third, because, yeah, adding Rios is cool. Like, they needed the power, and he's a left-handed bat. And then, obviously, Wisdom's got the power, too. And then McKinstry and Magical. Well, I I saw Gary saying, I don't know how to take
0: this. Uh, He said in the chat, trade Luke. I don't know if he's saying, Luke, we should make a trade, or if he's saying, we need to trade Luke. (laughs) Uh, Are you saying trade me, or are we saying trade, comma, Luke? I believe he's saying... They need, they're going to need to make a trade. Well, they're probably going to have to give up on a couple guys. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, most likely this spring they're going to decide on some of these guys, and guys are going to either be DFA'd or traded. Or yeah. It would make it a lot easier if they were able to make a trade. And on,
1: I know a lot of – I've read a lot of uh, articles or blogs, Bleacher Nation, for example, that have talked about teams that are interested in Zach McKinstry and – you know, I'd love for the Cubs to be able to find a way to keep McKinstry just because I do think there's value there as a bench piece, but you, know. you can also find other guys just like him out there. You know, like, well, how much different is he and Nick Magical other than the fact that he can play a little short and he can play a little third? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, and he's left handed. That's really the only difference.
0: Left handed is probably the so key. I, Like,
1: you don't, you don't need Magical and McKinstry on the team together with Morrell. Like, you, they obviously need to either make a trade or cut some guys. And, like, I would rather make a trade cuz I don't want them to cut McKinstry and then he goes to Boston or something like that and magically turns into the player that the Dodgers thought they had back in the day, you know what I mean? Like So yeah, I mean there
0: there's a lot of questions there with that position in general it just sucks. The chat's out of control. Now they're trading you, they're keeping me. Everybody's getting traded. No more negativity. Gary we, is always getting mad at me. We will not have the negativity. I don't, I don't I've never we been will not anything bring, but nice. We will to not him. bring White Sox negativity. <laughs> Into this podcast, we won't bring the bad vibes. The bad vibes are set aside for Michael Collada. Michael's the one that can remind us how things are going to be bad. He's oh, the yeah. one that, he's the, the godfather grounds us. Collada's probably just the rest thinking, of us have to stick they, together. We're all on the same ship. Colada's like, well, if we would
1: have just traded for Rafael Devers, then we wouldn't even be in this situation. I, I can agree with him there.
0: <laughs> People are still trying to, <laughs> I'm going to DNVR to cover Bryant. No, I'm not. Denver's He's a nice city, but... D- yeah. I mean, uh, yeah,
1: is a nice city, but... And
0: Chicago no, I'm not buying best. drinks. Everybody's correct on that.
1: <laughs> Trading Cody significantly reduces the vibes. That's right. I appreciate you. That's I right. I appreciate you. Shout out to... I can't say your name. S.O. Medina.
0: <laughs> E.S.O.? E.S.O.
1: Shout E-so out to Medina.
0: You. Uh, I'll tell you what bring the vibes back. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. Get fitted out with the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered. From Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between, you can get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. If you're looking for that perfect gift for your football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered. If you're looking for a hoodie for opening day in the cold breeze that will be blowing off the lake, Foco's got you covered. If you want a new jersey going into the season, Foco's got you covered. Check out Foco.com. Click the link in your description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Very nice. Uh, All right. So, yeah, to recap, Chris Morell. I I don't know what his future is going to be. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel good about it. David Ross feels I, good about it, but nobody seems to know really what he's going to be.
1: I did not expect it to be me and you versus the chat today when it came to his topic. Though. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it was. I think
0: everybody want. Everybody thinks there needs to be a trade. Yeah. And I don't think they necessarily want Morel. I, I think we could all agree though that we have high hopes for him. And I maybe, do.
1: I mean, if if our high hopes are so high that we think that he needs more quote-unquote seasoning in Iowa, than fine. Like, if, if, if that's the sole reason, fine. But I also just think that he hasn't done anything to earn a demotion at the same time either.
0: No, and and, and, and also to be said, I, I I love the excitement, the happiness, all those things. I think fans gravitate towards what he puts out there in the world, right? Like that. Yeah. We see enough negativity, so I like that. I like what I've seen of the player when he's playing well – That said, if you told me that a key piece was coming back in a trade and Morrell had to be included in that, I still think he has a bright future, but hopefully if you're making a trade and teams are asking about him, other teams probably think that too. Mm. Um, So while I wouldn't say, if you asked me, would you rather trade Master Boney or McKinstry or whoever, yes. But depending on what the return is, There are very few players on any roster that I will ever say are untradeable,
1: Mm.
0: right? If you're you're getting back some significant piece, you're going to have to include significant players going the other direction. So right now the Cubs have a lot of infielders. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) A lot. A lot. Um,
1: One might say that Jed Hoyer has a type. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, So one other thing that's going around, multiple things are going around Cubs camp right now. One is, we talked about it yesterday, uh, the sweeping slider thing, right? <laughs> Jamison Tyone has a sweeping slider. He's going to work on it. He talked about how if it doesn't – if he do, he's going to play around with it this spring. If it doesn't go as well as he thinks it's going to go, then he'll just bail on it. He'll go back to his old slider. Um, Sada- Sahadev Sharma of The Athletic had a nice article talking about, in general, the sweeping slider – and how it's become all the rage. Even Kyle Hendricks says he might, when he gets healthy, work on one. Um, You have Fulmer, who's now worked on one, Tyone, Cam Sanders, and how it's sort of the in thing that Breslow has brought into the Cubs. They start looking for guys. What can we add to what they – and it's one of the reasons Tyone came to the Cubs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Last year, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the sinker up in the zone. I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore. Uh And so, so is it possible that the sweeping slider last year, they thought the place they could attack specifically Kyle Hendricks and some of these guys was to go up in the zone with the sinker. The problem was if it starts a little too low, the sinker hits the middle of the plate and it ends up, you know, out of the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Sahadev's, Article points out that sometimes these are fads, and everybody does it, but once everybody does it, then the players start to see it more, and the players start to know that it's coming, and then it's not an effective pitch. Mm -hmm. goes back to what Plesak said. Everybody wanted to throw the split-finger fastball back in the 80s. The thing that derailed that for a lot of people was elbow injuries started (laughs) started happening. Um, Your gut feeling, do you think this sweeping slider that the Cubs are – have clearly identified as something they're getting guys to work on at all levels, yeah uh, do you think it will actually help the <clears throat> Cubs significantly when it comes time to being the next great Cubs team? Uh, perhaps I mean, or is remem- it just a fad?
1: Well, remember the Keegan Thompson added the slider last year I don't it's not maybe I don't know if, I mean, what's the difference between a slider to sweeping slider? I don't, I don't
0: well, know? Well, the sweeping slider from the way I understand people describe it, is, is a horizontal movement across the zone. Okay. The slider is more of an arced thing, but this is almost like it just goes right to left or left to right.
1: Okay. Uh, it just in, looks
0: different. It's a different look at a slider. Still yeah, breaking Kind
1: of related to what I was talking about yesterday with Tyone. I mean, the fact that there are a lot of guys are wanting to come here to, to work on those types of things Says, speaks volumes about the organization and the reputation that they have, you know, kind of gained. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I have nothing against it. I mean, again, this was once an organization that didn't know how to develop pitching. So, now that we're sitting here talking about, oh, is the sweeping slider something that's going to help the next great Cubs team? I mean,
0: perhaps. You said the key word, develop. That's what they're trying to do, help these guys develop into the best version of a pitcher that they can be. Yeah. And so if they see a guy that has a fastball and a slider might play off that or a changeup and a slider might play it it doesn't matter. I don't know what they're identifying specifically in a pitcher and they don't go into great detail about it because they don't want every other team doing it if they don't have they can tell us, "Yes, we have guys working on a sweeping slider, but they don't have to say this is the grip we're showing them and this is why we think that specific pitcher as opposed to this specific pitcher, should be trying that. Right. So I don't know. I just want it to help the guys this season. And if hitters catch on to it at the end of the season, fine. Then teach them something else to work on in the next offseason. But it always becomes something that they can have in their arsenal that they can rely on at some point. Dan Polizak says, don't add too many pitches. Sometimes all you need is two really, really good ones. Yeah. True, but if a guy in the system doesn't have two really, really good pitches, then I'd rather have him have three or four average to plus pitches. You know um, what I'm saying? Like sometimes that's what it takes to hang around in the big leagues. Caleb Killian is the interesting one because we had so many positive thoughts about Caleb Killian after the trade. Yeah. To bring him into town. And we sat here on this podcast, and we begged for Caleb Killian to play, partly because of the way the season was going. We wanted that breath of fresh air. Show us show us one of the young guys. We can't see Brandon Davis? Okay, bring us Caleb Killian. And he got here, and he struggled a little bit. Now he's gone down. Ryan talked to him yesterday, and the thought is that the stride was off. That was part of the con- – because he went back down to the minors and struggled with the same control problems, right? hmm So – do you think it could be something that simple? Are you getting your hopes up for Caleb Killian? I'm not getting my hopes up for I'm not going to call Killian. him an X-Factor, but it could be an X-Factor for him.
1: I'll, I'm not getting my hopes up for Caleb Killian. And from the standpoint of him being completely fixed, I think it's going to take actual in-game success for him, for him to prove it to me, at least. But, it, you know, when it comes to, like, his mechanics and stuff, if he's getting that right... It's a step in the right direction, and we'll see. But right. I was never, like, out on him. It was more about, like, okay, how does this guy have the reputation of having great command and then suddenly is unable to throw strikes? There has to be some sort of mechanical thing here, and you got like, go put him in the lab and dissect it, whatever. <laughs> and I, you know, I know last year I complained a lot, especially at the end of the year when wins and losses didn't matter, about why, why is Killian still in Iowa? Why is Killian still in Iowa? Uh, after they had, you know, sent him back a, the second time, uh, but I guess in a way, like it was good because you didn't want his confidence to be completely shot. Um, but uh, that said, you know, I'm I am uh, he is someone that is coming under the radar. I mean, last year we were all like, "Oh, I can't wait for Killian." Right and now, people are talking about Killian the way we're talking about, or the we're talking about Wesneski the way we were talking about Killian last year. Yes. And so I do – I still have hope because, one, he's part of a major trade. And I was at his major league debut. That was fun to watch. There's something there. The guy has the stuff. If he can throw strikes, he can be a starter at the major league level. I don't know what his role will be because the Cubs have so many starters. So I assume that if he does get a chance, it would be out of the bullpen. But – yeah, I'm not saying that I've never really been fully out on him, but but I again I do hope that the mechanics were just the issue, and that if he and and that that's all that it is, and if he's throwing strikes, then you're
0: going to get something good out of him. Uh, Ryan has a nice article for everyone at allchgo.com about killing the stride thing. It's good stuff. This one in particular, you do have to be a diehard, so Dude, make yes. sure you go sign up to be a diehard. Then you'll have access to all of the stuff Ryan and Jared and everybody Just writes. quotes from the Killian season. in it. Yeah, and, it gives you access yeah. to all, all the beat writers from all of our teams for Chicago sports. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it gives you the discount on the dope merch and all the activities we go to. You get the Die Hard card. Uh, when we have takeovers, you'll have discounts there. Um, <laughs> Barbara says the... Killian looked
1: good in the first inning of the 19 6 loss to the Padres. <laughs> Remember the postgame after that? Was yes. that that's the the, yes. the the famous Cody
0: Rant? If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he is ready to be hurt again this season. He is ready to be hurt again this season. Oh, that uh, was the worst loss of the year I just, last year. Uh, I just don't think it's right. Again, read the article. Might mm-hmm. give you a little more hope about Killian going into this season. I just think It's a little early to give up on a guy. He had.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you got to remember that there are plenty of guys who have made major league debuts and then been demoted and then come back and have gone on to be good. So, like, back to Morel. Like, I get why some people want to send him back to Iowa and let him get seasoning or whatever, and hopefully that helps propel him to the next level. Right? I get that. And and if and if that is the case, then fine, I'll be okay with it. Now, related to Killian. All right. Well, he's went back to Iowa. Had good starts, had bad starts. Was a lot of inconsistency. And He talks about that in that article. And now he's had a full offseason to not only work on mechanics, work on his pitches. He's trying to develop a changeup, which is cool. Uh, there's there's some exciting things related to him. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Like I don't think we have to. I don't. I, I think anyone who gave up on him is just like it was almost like they were never in on him and. You know they just give up way too easy on some of these guys because, as Theo Epstein says, development development isn't always linear. So you know, the the guy clearly has talent. I mean, his first start was against St. Louis last year, and we know how good that lineup right. was, and what he did in those five innings. Uh, uh, but he gave up three runs, but he had like five or six strikeouts, I believe, off my memory, and. You could you saw in that start like this is what he could be, and that is a very solid major league starter. Now, obviously, it was just one start, and you need to see more. And you, you can't like assume that he's going to be this or you assume he's going to be this bad on the other end of the spectrum either. But this is this is what developing for pitchers goes like sometimes. Like not everyone is like Justin Steele and <laughs> Keegan Thompson, and not everyone is
0: well, going to give you too.
1: yeah. They, well, yeah, especially as starters. Yes. And then they really grew last year. So I think those like maybe maybe a lot of the other stars the Cubs have are great examples for why you should believe in Caleb Killian a little bit more at least. I just at least give that leash a little bit longer.
0: I just think if we take one thing from today's podcast, we're just we're just hanging out talking Cubs baseball. It's just I want people to remember, and I don't want to sound like a teacher, <laughs> I'm just saying it in general. The progress isn't. It's like Theo used to say. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. So just because a guy came up, let's let's not forget about what Morel could be. I, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with everybody that wants to say the same thing about prospects are prospects until they prove it. And, and heck, I even say that Nico Horner is probably my favorite player on the Cubs team to watch. But does he have to do it again this year before I'm a hundred percent in on knowing that he's going to be that guy? Yes. Mm -hmm. but I think he's going to. Mm -hmm. Don't give up on prospects because they come up the first time and and hit a snag. Mm -hmm. Christopher Morrell was there most of the season, and he hit some home runs, and he gave them some great moments, and he came up when a lot of people weren't expecting him to come up. Killian was kind of rushed up, too, because of what they needed at the time. Mm -hmm. Guys, Nico Horner was rushed to the big leagues, and a lot of people were down on Nico Horner, when he first came out, they were like, oh, that's a missed first-round pick. I know there is a tendency to do that because we've had our Kevin Orys. we 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 I, Felix I, Pa, yes, Josh Vitters, I I Bright know, Jackson. yeah, those guys have existed, <laughs> yeah. and it's nothing against them. It happens. Baseball's a lot of failure. It's mostly failure. Even the good guys fail a lot. So don't, I'm just saying, don't give up on a guy that comes up briefly or even for a season and struggles. Ian Happ is the example you gave earlier. Yes, he turned it around. Kyle Schwarber, has he turned it around? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber has turned it around. So Anthony Rizzo was sent down by the Padres when he was with the Padres. Came back, and he's turned into a good Major League Baseball player. So there are guys. Not everyone is Chris Bryant. There are just (laughs) going to be a lot of guys coming up over the next two or three years. That they may come up and and look horrible for a week and go back down and you'll forget their name, and I'm just pointing out don't necessarily forget their name. Yeah, don't give up on them. Corey Patterson,
1: Rhonda points out, it's another one.
0: Yeah, injuries Corey, really hurt. Corey him, Patterson though. was definitely hurt by injury. Felix Pa was a just, bust. He's just a bust. Yeah. Kevin Ory was a bust. Yeah.
1: Pulling Josh Bitters was a bust. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately. Uh, we we could do a bust episode just on the podcast and <laughs> we might need uh, two or three follow-ups on that one. Yeah. All right, what are you what are you betting on? Your post Super Bowl, mm-hmm. your pre March Madness. Are you in on the Bulls? Are, are you going all in Patrick Beverly uh, really does it for you and now you're going to go? Well, we'll see. By the way, Io's is going to be in the building a little Io's bit. I was going to
1: be yeah. here at 5:30 for CHO mm-hmm. Bulls. Mm-hmm. Jealous I might not be here. Um no matter what, where I'm betting tonight, it's definitely on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official betting partner of CHGO and All-City. Uh, NBA is back tomorrow or tonight, whatever. No sweat, same-game parlays. They're back on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's exciting stuff, which is, Luke, if you didn't know, all you got to do, you make a same-game parlay on an NBA game. doesn't even have to be the Bulls game. It can mm-hmm. be the Bulls game, Bulls game if you want. You make a same-game parlay. Two wagers on the same game. $10. Put, it, put, it, put $10 on your same-game parlay, and as long as you're opted in, if it loses, you get your $10 back. It's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, no sweat.
0: That. That's a no
1: sweat. That's the thing. No sweat. It's a no beautiful sweat. thing. You, you don't want to um, – never let him see a sweat. As far as me tonight, I'm all about points tonight, and I got some, some late-night West Coast Conference action, baby. Pepperdine and Santa Clara over 162-and-a-half. Over the weekend, Gonzaga and Pepperdine played. The total for that game was 170 and a half. I took the under because that's just like an insane amount of points for a college basketball game, and it went over. Pepperdine scores and gives up a ton of points, and so does Santa Clara. I can't wait to not watch it but follow it on my phone and watch them score lots and lots of points. Lock it in,
0: Santa Clara, Pepperdine over 162 and a half. That's what I'm betting tonight. Dubs is going after Cactus League. He says Cubs money line Saturday. Strowman projected to start. Samson to follow. Yeah. Anyway, I, <laughs> that's that's a bold choice by my guy Dubs, but
1: I you know I love the the, the, the generosity. Yeah. Uh, download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars And bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With code CHGO, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details CH Joe bets daily after the show at like three o'clock Todd ta- with sean anderson me and him talking uh what we're be betting on tonight i gave you guys a free pick give you more free picks in a half like a half hour after the show
0: um we're still waiting to see if i haven't had any messages come through from ryan but i believe he's probably in the cubs clubhouse right now so if he gets out and then we'll have some uh live report coming from arizona if not we're gonna hit with this topic because I thought it was fun the other day. (laughs) My buddy, uh, Michael Cerami over at Bleacher Nation, tweeted out a question. Mm -hmm. Friend of the program, Michael Friend of the program, yeah, was here. Um, He was a Cubs outsider, and now he's Bleacher Nation. Now he's big time. Uh, (laughs) Pluck one player from Cubs history and add him to the 23 roster, trying to get to the Cubs in the playoffs. So he put that out there, and like I said, I don't usually feel – I don't ever. Nobody ever tweets something that gives me the itch. Very rarely do I, unless I <laughs> unless poke. you're trolling me like you did last night. Yeah, unless I want to poke fun <laughs> at something. Just like, what what was your tweet yesterday? Oh, you were like, "Do I know ball?" Yeah. Well, I keep And it bit, was a poll. Every,
1: everyone online keeps telling me I don't know ball. So like, right. I had I put a poll out. Do I know ball? And apparently, right now, last I checked, about sixty-eight <laughs> percent of the people who voted think I know ball, and then the other the rest of that I don't math but the rest of that is like 30%. They don't think I know ball. So I don't really
0: know what to think of that those results. If
1: 30% of people who follow me on Twitter don't think I know ball. Well, why yeah, you follow me on Twitter? But then? I
0: was one of the, I was one of those 30% just to <laughs> soak the flames. <laughs>
1: Thank I was you. I
0: was just cuz we know Twitter's all about stoking the flames and yeah. so I thought well, what Cody needs here is a little negativity. Yeah. So I <laughs> so I replied with you I
1: replied the gif of from when we did the we did the Field of Dreams I Want to have a
0: catch? <laughs> I
1: did that gif where I just look at you like, yeah. like what?
0: <laughs> so, anyways, Cerami has this tweet, and for some reason it struck me. I thought I have to. His response was, well, first of all, everybody was responding with Jake Arietta 2015. So, if you're taking a season yeah. of a guy and sticking it, that's the season you want. If that's how you're doing it, you're picking... A guy's stats from a season and saying that's the player we need in here. <laughs> so you see people in the chat already. It's it's drawing. Big Rand says John Lester. Just any year, John Lester. Aramis. Aramis Smith. at third because they don't have a third baseman. Right. So his resp- first there was Jake Arrieta, and that makes sense, right? Yeah. Sixteen and one in his last twenty starts. So you and they don't have a ace. Twenty. Staff. If you could take twenty fifteen Jake Arrieta, that was when he started the sixteen and one you know, that was the beginning of the stretch of the greatest pitching stretch in baseball. Short stretch, but he was so elite that it had never been done in baseball history. He was just spectacular. His ERA was below one those last twenty games. So okay, I, I can see that. You would add him to the top of the rotation and everybody filters down. But he doesn't pitch every day. So Michael's choice was First, he was going to go with Arietta Then he went Ron Santo. Mm. 1966 at third base, batting 312, 30 home runs, and an 8.5 war. Well, if you could add that next to Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner, and whoever's at first, it definitely puts the Cubs in the conversation in the division. Yeah. I, th- I think it gets the Cubs in the postseason. That, that – those stats at third base, if somehow the Cubs got those numbers out of whoever they put at third base this year, mm. do I think the Cubs would have a shot? at get, I think they'd be in the postseason. I, I still don't know if they'd be competing for the actual division, okay? Okay. Because you're talking like Arenado-type numbers. Then I looked at it, and I, my, so my response right away was, well, you could do that, or you could just put Sammy Sosa in the outfield in 1998. 1998, and have him hit 308, 66 homers, and 158 RBI. Now that's impacting your lineup. Yeah. And with there being a DH, it fits. I understand part of the part of the trick is, and this is why I love what Sarami did. You have to take somebody out. He has the person has to replace someone. So I realize I'm replacing Saya, who I think could have a big season, but Saya's not hitting 66 home runs and driving at 158. That's true. So the position isn't necessarily right. But the impact on the lineup of having someone like Sammy, the season he had in 98, which is one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. I think Sammy's 98 season in right field would push most teams into the postseason. Towards the postseason. A team that's got any potential. So – I do. I, I'm
1: actually glad that, that you said that because I feel like everyone would assume that I would say that because everyone knows how much I love Sammy Sosa and how he is such a big part of my Cubs fandom. Mm-hmm. However, when I saw the tweet, the first thing I thought of was 2016 Chris Bryant because the Cubs yeah, need a third baseman that, and, and you can uh, you can afford to lose too. you can uh, you can afford to lose Pat Wisdom and you can move Morel around the the, the lineup or not the lab, the field, and you can, you know, miss me with the rest of them after that. Like, we're talking about World, uh, world Series champion. We're talking about well, – League MV- MVP. NL MVP in 2016. 292 batting average, 39 uh, tanks, 102 RBIs, and a 7.3 F4. I believe this is an F4 that you put in notion – I don't know. Maybe it's B-War, whatever. He, was, it's he had one B-war. of the highest wars in baseball in 2016. I believe it's B-War,
0: so it might not be comparable to whatever the Santo one was, but the home mm-hmm. runs, it's more power. Yeah.
1: Now, based off stats, like, I get it. Like, Ron Santo and Sammy Sosa, clear, far like, better numbers. Jake Arrieta, as far as pitching, like, it's hard to – I mean, his that stretch was insane, right? Um, but I, in my head, I'm also thinking, all right, well, they got to go up against teams of today and – Nothing against Sammy Sosa and Ron Santo; they never went up pitch went up against pitching that that of today. Pitching has only gotten better as time has gone on. I know a lot of the old people will disagree with me on that, but not everyone was throwing triple digits like they are today. So give me give me 2016 MVP NL MVP Chris Bryan at third
0: base. See a pat wisdom. I'm God. There's Ben yeah. Zobrist love in the chat. See what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this is. People want to respond to this, just like I did. Yeah. Like, like, the last person that wants to respond to most stuff on Twitter. A lot of Ben Zobrist love. Uh, Sarah, can you scroll up just so I can see some of the other ones? Uh, I, I've seen Andre Dawson in the outfield. has been at, like, yeah. 87. Andre Dawson. I just – like, I I get – I can't take Andre Dawson mm. over Sammy Sosa's – I, I yeah. love Andre Dawson, but I can't take him over a guy that hits I 66 guess, homers. I guess you can – I guess the way, at first is a good one, though
1: I guess the way I look at it is like, well as far as if if, if you if you could have this scenario and take someone and put them on this team mm-hmm. with the way this team is built, the reason I didn't go with like Arietto or another pitcher is because I like the way the Cubs pitching staff shapes up, and I think it's going to be better than what a lot of people think, and I like the Cubs outfield, like I do like say, and I do like Happ and I do like Bellinger, like we'll see what happens, but I'm you know based off potential whatever. So that's why I went to the glaring hole that they have at third base. That's right, so, I get that,
0: and that's why Michael went there. So you with,
1: could you could go with Ron Santo too, but Santo, I'm, I'm going to go with was the guy an MVP I've in that season. So I get
0: either of those answers. That, I Chris understand Bryant Arriet- won World Series. That's Ar- something
1: Ron Santo didn't
0: do. Arietta makes sense 2015 because he was so elite. Sammy probably on paper is the greatest his uh, season in Cubs history. Right, single offensive season. But then I thought to myself, I'm not going back far enough. And I said, what about Hack Wilson? 1930, center field. So if you get Cody Bellinger to pull this off, Hack Wilson batted 356, 56 home runs, and still the record, 191 RBI. And he walked 103 times. Yeah. I would say if those numbers come out of Cody Bellinger, if Cody Bellinger drives in 191 this year, the Cubs are <laughs> winning the division. The Cubs are winning the division. So, the answer might actually be Hack Wilson. Maybe. D. Lee is a good one. Now, how about a good season out of – Well, what was D. Lee's peak season for the Cubs? There was a year where – 2005. He, so, that's he's in the running for, like, He won MVP. the batting champ. He was
1: like – Yeah. I mean, he wasn't talked about enough because Albert Pujols was – I think he won the MVP that year. Rhino's
0: MVP season at second, yeah. but then you'd have to replace Nico.
1: Yeah. But clearly – Not
0: that I'm saying Rhino, obviously – Hall of Fame MVP yeah. season from Rhino is an upgrade probably from what you're going to get even from Nico at second. Yeah. Unless you could move Nico or somebody to third.
1: Clearly any you could take any player in Cubs history almost not any player but any great player from Cubs history and replace them with anyone on this roster. Maybe maybe Swanson's the only one you wouldn't just based off of the year he just had and like he's, he's a proven winner all the like I don't know like you could you could find a I guess a different shortstop. I mean, Pete Greg Maddox. What like about maybe Javi Baez's 2018 season? I don't know, but I'm just saying that nope. you could you could totally take anyone. A lot of the best players from Cubs history and replace them with guys on this team. I again, I just went with where's the hole at? Like I,
0: yeah, the hole at third, but yeah. there is potentially a hole at center because we don't know what we're getting. I mean, yeah. if you had Hag Wilson there. Okay, yeah. I I understand Sammy's at a position. where Ernie we don't Banks, make
1: it. I I can't believe I forgot about Ernie Banks.
0: You could put Ernie Banks at short. You could put Ernie Banks at yeah. first. For, at first, too. Yeah, you could so. put Ernie at first, which would also be good. No one has brought up Fergie. Yeah. What about Fergie just going like three hundred innings for you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Peak Fergie would help I, the team too. I just if it's just one season, I'm picking. I can't remember. Well, you could, you could take Kerry Wood mm. with a bunch of strikeouts every game, but I would say the most dominant
1: Pryor. game I've
0: ever seen is that Kerry Wood game, but the most dominant season for a Cubs pitcher is Arietta's string. 2003 Mark Pryor maybe. I mean, there's got, I mean, look at the Cubs outfield in 1930. See, now Barb's going back. She's saying <laughs> I would go broke buying Hack Wilson drinks. We don't have time for that on this podcast. I'm sorry to all the
1: older generations that don't like that I said that no one from the past could last in today's game.
0: I agree with the last comment. I'm not the only one who believes that. And I agree with the last comment on the (laughs) chat. I didn't see – I never saw Hack Wilson play, so I don't know how it would translate. I have trouble picking a pitcher even though the ace would be a need just because that person's not going to be able to impact my team Mm -hmm. more than every five days or four days, depending on how old the system is. So I would go Sammy, Hack, or – well, Ernie at first is a good one, too. It's
1: yeah. Good. It's good. Absolutely. I guess if we were, like, basically, we could just take all the best players at the certain position in Cubs history and replace them with anyone on this team. That's you, right. You absolutely could. Like, Rick There's, there's yeah. no one on this team that is, at this point, shown that they're a Hall of Famer or one of the all time greats in Cubs history.
0: Nobody brought up 22VR. <laughs> no one.
1: Never no. happened. No one brought up – plug your ears, Brennan and Corey. No one brought up Eric Sogard.
0: Nobody brought up Vitters. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to all those guys. We're just joking. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to everybody for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for watching. Until next time, full eye the W.